This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. everybody and welcome to episode 130 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gaz is with me back again. Doing my good man. Back again. <laughs> As our rival podcast, the Impting Podcast. The Impting Podcast. You've even got a bit of a rewind in there as well. Rewind. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I'm back. I'm back from a week's holiday and some awful uh, journeys from places this this week but feel refreshed energized uh, and looking forward to a summer packed with euro 2020 action but that's not we're not a euro 2020 podcast so balls to that (laughs) fair enough fair enough um yeah it did you um i don't know if you would have done to be fair but did you actually listen to the pod last week no I don't listen when I'm on it, so... <laughs> Me and Jake, surprisingly positive. Yeah. You, you didn't really have any choice, though, did you? We had just qualified for the playoff final by knocking out Sunderland. Even you, <laughs> uh, even you would have struggled. To, you and Bear, Jake would have struggled to put a downer on that. Even Andy Pearson would have struggled to put a downer on that. I mean, to be fair... The first thing that I got after we uh, after we went through was uh, Jake sent me a text saying, I don't think we can be ne- negative this week, can we? <laughs> um, I see actually on Twitter today, um, Andy Person has claimed that you and Kate moan more than him. Uh, no. No, I don't. That's that's just no. He doesn't hear you. To be honest, people don't hear, hear you off air. And I wonder if maybe Andy has because uh, you can moan. Oh, I can, but I I do a lot less than I used to. I can't look at the sky these days without wondering if it's the right shade of blue, and that's your fault. It wasn't that it was the wrong shade, it was that it was pixelated as all hell, and we've had this conversation many a time, and I now have a better TV, so screw you all. Um, But, no, I I don't moan as much as I used to. Like, you know, if if something something bugs me, then I'll, I'll say something, but I... It is incredibly rich to come from Mr. Pearson, of all people, to say that I moan more than him. Before we get stuck into anything, as well, I did have to have to laugh at the image of you threatening to punch a steward uh, online. Um, <laughs> I just thought, honestly, because I, I saw some of those stewards and they were like proper bad man thing. And I was kind of thinking, you, you're not, are you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, <laughs> I'm not. And that's, I was going to get the, the punches out. <laughs> you weren't. No. Bad, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the guy that the guy that really really flipped a switch in me, um, he he wasn't he wasn't that big. <laughs> yeah. So if he had been, you wouldn't have been threatening him. But the fact is, he was five foot two in a wheelchair and wore an eye patch, so you fancied yourself <laughs> looking like the Wheelstone Raider. No, it was. Um, <laughs> We might as well like I'm I'm gonna put this out there now because we're probably gonna have a bit of a whinge anyway about about certain situations. But at the end of the game, I uh, we were walking out of the stadium and I was 
I, I saw over the road. I thought, oh, cool. There's some a guy there selling, you know, dodgy merchandise and whatever. And a friend of mine had asked me, if you can, can you pick me up a, a scarf? I went, yep, all right, not a problem. Just a Lincoln scarf with the date on it. I was like, yep, that's fine. Um, there was nothing official in the stands. So I thought, right, sod it. I'll, I'll pop over. So I nipped over the road. And then when I went back in to, to you know, carry on walking with uh, with Rachel back to the hotel, the guy just stood him away. And I was like, are you all right? And, yeah, you can't come back. I was like, well, I'm not going back. My wife's just over there. I just want to go back to her and, and walk with her. He went, no, you're not. You're not coming in. I was like, but it's she's she's over there. And he's like, yeah, but the football's finished now. There's nothing for you here. Go home. I was like, what? What is your problem? And he, he was just an aggressive little shit. And he, he really started to push my buttons. And I just, yeah, I was so angry. Like the fact that he just wouldn't let me walk back like 10 or 15 yards to, to go and walk with my wife back to the, where we were staying. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Give, give somebody a little bit of power and they turn into like a little mini Gaddafi. It's ridiculous. Just awful attitudes. And, uh, you know, I actually had a conversation with uh, with Mr. Pearson about it. And we said the, the best people at, at football matches are the kinds of people that, you know, there's a little bit of give and take. They don't immediately assume that you're going to be the dickhead in the situation. Because all I was asking for was to, you know, just go and walk with somebody. And he got really aggressive. But to be fair, you know, to be fair to her, after I'd sort of stormed off a little bit, Rach then had a conversation with him because she saw that there was a bit of, uh, you know, bit of distress. Uh, she had a conversation and she was equally, if not more aggressive. So, you know, fair enough. But that's that. Should we talk about football? Uh, yeah, sorry. What have we been talking about? I've been looking for playoff scarves on eBay and there weren't very many. Oh, were they available? No. Even on eBay. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about football for the last time in the 2021 season. Absolutely. So, you know, a hell of a season has come to an end. And unfortunately, to use the footballing cliche, they didn't get over the line um, at Wembley uh, against Blackpool. And it sounds really harsh when you say it out loud, but it it felt to me like they didn't really show up, did they? No, um, basically didn't. It did look that way. Um, I, do you know what? I, I haven't actually spoken about the match. I haven't written anything about the match, and I don't really feel like doing now. We were when I was walk, preparing to record the podcast. I thought, oh Jesus, I've got to relive that um, because it was just a thoroughly unpleasant day from start to finish. It's not one that I'll look back on with any real fondness whatsoever. Um, from from arriving in London to arriving back at home at, late at night. Um, in terms of the game. I don't know whether it was as much we didn't show up or whether Blackpool just knew how to stop us playing. I mean, Mm. we didn't have a shot on target. And I know people have criticised us in the past for not having efforts on target. But in actual fact, the last time we played a game and didn't have a single shot on target in 90 minutes, uh, according to Scout, was Portsmouth at home last season when we lost 2-0, which, you know, so... It's a year, and we didn't test Chris Maxwell. He's the best goalkeeper in the division, according to the PFA team. Um, and we didn't we didn't test him. We didn't we didn't put anything on his goal at all. Now, yeah, it's a little bit harsh when you think that we hit the bar. Um, I'm pretty sure we hit the post in the first half as well, but it might have been cleared, and it was just my angle. Um, but I, yeah, I thought we I thought we had a decent first half. Mm. I think the early goal actually was the worst thing that could possibly have happened. Yeah, I mean, I think looking back on it, like when you when you go ahead that early to, you know, what is essentially a free cone goal, um, I think you're right. I, I think it it possibly uh, it, it sort of galvanised Blackpool and it, if anything, it rattled us a little bit. Um, very sort of strange to to go up that early and then. We've seen it this season before, where we've gone a goal up, and then I wouldn't say they've, you know, sat back on it, but they've, they've potentially. Michael's mentioned it himself as well. You know, a young squad didn't necessarily maybe feel the need to go and, and really, really press the advantage and press the game. Um, and I think that was, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was obviously it was disappointing to see 
um, the, the way that Blackpool came back at us and, and we didn't really take the game to them. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird stat that, you know, well, I, th- I think it's quite a, a strange one in that uh, that was the fastest, was it the fastest goal at Wembley for a club team and the fastest own goal ever to be scored at Wembley? Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I, I, you just said there we didn't press the advantage. I thought, yeah, I thought for thirty minutes we actually looked all right. I thought every time Brandon Johnson got the ball, I thought he terrified them, hmm. and he was getting in some really good areas. And one or two players who have put big performances in in recent weeks just didn't. And yeah, when I'm when I'm going to mention these names, and I am, I'm not being critical of them as a person. I'm just saying that they didn't turn up at Wembley. Like Tom Hopper. Uh, just looked completely isolated. I wonder if there was some doubts over his fitness because him going off after 60 minutes mm. when you're chasing the game did not seem like a, a, a usual thing for me to do. And with the greatest respect to Callum Morton, you know, we've talked about him a couple of times on the podcast. He hasn't shown me any indication whatsoever that he's got what it takes to play in this Lincoln City side or indeed in a side that is aspiring to mm. be the top six in League One. Um, and, and that's held us back all season, is that lack of option when Tom is either A, not on form, or B, not fit. You know, when Tom's on form, he's a very, very good striker, and we saw that in the two playoff final games. You know, instinctive strikers finishes. Um, we haven't seen enough of them from him this season. He scored 11 goals. He's probably been in the position to score 15 or 16. Works tireless, tirelessly. But if you need to go and throw the kitchen sink at someone, if you need to go and get a, a, a late goal, I don't think we have the plan B. And and mm. Callum, it's unfortunate for Callum because he's been injured all season. And, and when he came back, he's, you know, well, most of the season rather he was injured. And then he came back in and, and he you know, kind of had to hit the ground running and he just hasn't. You know, he scored a couple of goals, but he just hasn't. I think Morgan Rogers was left wanting quite a lot at Wembley. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm honest, I think Morgan Rogers faded to towards the end of the season he got higher marks on the Stacey West voting from fans but actually I think he showed a lot less in the final third mm. it's almost as if fans were giving him a higher mark because he's tracking back and working hard but actually he was a far far less dangerous than he had been all season and I think George Grant really since he's come back from injury has probably struggled a little bit to get into the rhythm of games as well mm. and you know, you've taken out there three players who you know, they, they weren't the only ones that didn't turn up at Wembley and they weren't woeful at Wembley. They had meaningful touches. But yeah. you know, if, if two of those play to the top of their game, I think we beat that Blackpool side. And I'm not saying Blackpool were ordinary, but they had players out themselves. They had a guy out in defence, Dan Ballard. They had um, Ellis Sims, obviously, was out injured as well. They were there for the taking. And the cold, hard stat, and I know we all love XG, our XG was the lowest it's been since we lost 2-1 at home to Rochdale, which was arguably our worst performance of the season. Um, we just, you know, it just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, I think um, if, if I were to pick out um, a couple of players myself, I would probably have said, you know, um, George uh, George Grant and Morgan Rogers potentially, you know, they were the ones that, again, not being critical of them, you know, as as people or anything like that. It was just on on Sunday. It was it, it was below par. I think Michael said it best in his his post match stuff where he said, you know, we played okay, but okay doesn't win you a final. And I think he said, you know. I would have rated them, you know, Blackpool, maybe their players probably about an eight or a nine today. And then, you know, a few of our lads, you know, six or seven. And that's the difference. And I think that's to me, that's that summed it all up because it was it was just a I'll be honest, I, I don't remember a huge amount of the game because like I, I in, you know, I hope you sat down, guys, as you normally are. But in prep for today, I actually rewatched the highlights um and you know it was just a a moment where i thought oh oh yeah that happened you know it's just there, there wasn't a huge amount memorable other than watching you know uh blackpool center back slicing it into his own net and for what it's worth i think if he'd have missed it or if he'd have you know if the ball had gone past him you watch the replay george grant's you know creeping up slightly behind him so i think it would have been Regardless of of the fact that he squid, you know, squandered it into his own net, I think it would have been one nil regardless. But anyway, 
Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I don't really want to dwell on it, to be honest. Um, it was it was something that, you know, beforehand I said I wouldn't be, you know, looking at potential options. I said I wouldn't necessarily be too gutted if if we lost, the players gave everything and the game wasn't decided on a dodgy decision like the League 2 playoff final was. Um, it still bloody hurt. You know, it was it was really difficult um, to to sort of muster too much of a smile at the end of it. But um, yeah, it. I mean, can we can we talk about like the 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 stuff beforehand? Because I know that some of it was a bit difficult, um, but some of it was actually really nice. Like I think this is the first time in what about 18 months or 15 months that I'd actually been able to, to see people um, that I you know used to see week in, week out. And it was, dare I say it, it was bloody lovely to see you guys. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's nice to see you as well. You know what? <laughs> I find it hard to even put positivity about the beforehand bit. I genuinely do. Uh, yeah, it was nice, but you know what? It was nice to see people. That it was shit because there wasn't uh, everybody there. Yeah, you know, I looked down Wembley Way, and it just looked like looking down Lincoln High Street on a Saturday afternoon shopping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like people milling about. And okay, when the six on seven came up, it was nice. And yes, it was nice to see you and Rachel and Bob's and Terry and Rick Cracker and you know all, all of the sort of some of the faces that we've seen over the past that we haven't seen over the past fourteen months. But it was all just a bit too horrid. And do you know what? At one point, we we pulled up me, Dad, and my mate Matt War, and we went up to this police officer because we tried to get in two pubs. It's like they're Blackpool pubs, mate. It's like, okay, so we went to this police officer and said, "Where, where are the Lincoln pubs?" Well, I don't really know, mate. I don't know which ones you've got booked. He goes, uh, "All the ones that I can know of are Blackpool." It's like, oh, well, why don't Link? Why aren't there any Lincoln pubs? Well, you must just have been slower at booking pubs. It's like, hang on, what? It just did the whole day from the second we got out of our car until the second I pulled up at home felt like it was just weighted towards Blackpool. And that might be, you know, I'm not trying to play the victim. I'm not saying that Blackpool cheated or, or, or there was, but it just felt like it was Blackpool's day. And it, it made me a little bit sick, to be honest, you know, in, in the ground, their fans quite clearly being able to congregate behind the goal without the masks, do all their singing and, you know, there was a, an old lady next to me, red hot heat, sat on her own, pulled her mask below her nose, and the Gestapo come up and go, you know, you must pull the mask over the nose. Um, yeah. You know, I know if that's racially insensitive, I apologise. Because it's just everything. All the pubs were full of Blackpool, and there wasn't yeah. pubs for Lincoln. And, and it just all felt a bit, you know, the, the highlight of the day for me was standing there as, with with you know, a few of you and seeing the Nez twins and stuff like that. And the six on seven coming up. And then when we went in the ground, it was just, it was just shit. That's not how football is. Yeah. I enjoyed the playoff semi-final more, not because we won, but because, you know, we were on the high street. There was more Lincoln fans, um, arguably. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, it's not something I'm going to look back on fondly. I would rather, we lost fair and square. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not making any excuse. I'm not saying because we weren't sat together, we would have sung louder and we would have had a shot on goal. Not the case. I'm not saying if we'd had a decent referee rather than one that I actually thought had a relatively poor performance. Um, but again, you know, they weren't match changing. Yeah, you know, the handball for Elliot Embleton for their goal would have been really hard. Yeah, because it's belted at him. Although Pete changed to Pete, he thinks that's the one that we might have had a shout for. I thought we had a good shout for a penalty turned down, but. Again, yeah. Which we one was no, that? No. Was, was that the, was it the one that was well inside the box or the one that was just on the edge of the box? I can't remember because, again, a lot of it was <laughs> blur. It was a foul on Brennan. The player, okay. hasn't got the, he hasn't got the ball. He's got Brennan. And, yeah, I think that's, that's the one. Sort of, I think there was one towards the end of the game where Brennan looked like he took it past him and then he, he sort of slid in and, and missed it completely. I think looking yeah. back on that one, it's definitely, yeah, you know, definitely a foul, and it looked like that, it was that was that was the one, it, yeah, yeah. It, it looked like it was right possibly just inside the box. It was it was yeah. difficult to tell, but it was right in front of me. Mm. It looked like it was, but look, at the end of the day, we played ninety minutes, we hadn't had a shot on target. So, 
you you can't expect the referee to help you out in that situation. You, you've got to get a shot on target. I thought some of the changes were puzzling. As I've said, mm. I think Tom Hopper won. Potentially, you wonder, well, he's surely got to be injured. Towards the end, we bring Lewis Monsmer on. I get that it's to pump the ball long to him, but I'm thinking, what's what's Harry Anderson got to do? You know, yeah. Why? Why? For me, it would have been if if Tom was injured, um, and you and you want to make the change, you push Brennan into the ten roll when you bring George Grant off, um, yeah. and, and put Harry one flank and Morgan Rogers the other. I just yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on Callum Morton, but I just he's just been he's just lost. He's looked lost mm. for this for the last few five or six games. And yeah, one of his interviews kind of gave the game away for me a few weeks ago when he said, you know, it's not my style of play, but I'm doing my best. And I thought, oh, it doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? It's like no. if you yeah, if if you're in an office and you give someone a job to do and they go, well, it's not really what I like doing, but I'll give it a go. You think, well, I'll tell you what, don't do me any favours. Um, so, and yeah, I find it hard because I'm coming across really negative and I don't want to because we've had an, a phenomenal season. Mm. Uh, we've come so close, but so far, but everything about that day was poor. Uh, I was on Siren FM earlier and I said, as far as I'm concerned, the season finished when the final whistle went against Sunderland and, and we got through to the final. Because for me, that was where I, you know, it was an emotional and it was achievement. It was it was brilliant. It's almost like lighting a firework and it starts burning really well and you think this is going to go somewhere and then instead of a bang, it just goes out. Just mm. remember it while it was good, not when it just went out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had a slightly, well, a different experience of the weekend and I, I wonder if that's potentially because we went down the day before because um, we were able to... We kind of saw a bit of the, you know, the, the aftermath of the the Brentford game, and it was, you know, it was quite nice to to see that. We had a, you know, quiet. I had a quiet drink with somebody that I've not seen in about two years um, the night before, which again was really nice. And then Sunday, it was it was just really, really, like I said, just great to be able to to kind of see people that you've not seen for that long. And I think one of the weirdest things was. We we left the hotel. We were starting, you know, to walk to um, walk to the, the the grounds potentially, you know, well, hopefully meet up with with a few people and um, you know met up with Terry, met up with uh, you and you and Bubs and everybody. But one of the weirdest things was like we were walking along and the first person that came up to us, like, just kind of came up and started talking to Rach, <laughs> and it was like it, it was about you know. Um, how she was doing with a few things that we've mentioned on the pod and things like that. And we had a really nice chat and, you know, walked off and then Rach turned to me and she said, who was that? I was like, not a clue, not a, absolutely no clue. Um, and that kind of happened a few times, um, you know, walking up to, walking up to Wembley, which was, it was really nice. You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't kind of a, a, a a thing that we were looking for it just you know people that i've seen before people that i've never seen before people that um you know we, we met up with uh with michael and rob from from radio links before they headed into the ground and it felt like some degree of normal and i know that you know you obviously said about things that had um that had happened on the way for you know that, that caused the traffic issues and things like that which obviously you know horrendous incident and hopefully you know it, it it the families and everything are okay and, and that stuff but it it just felt like some of the stuff that people said oh maybe it wasn't the best i i just wonder if that colored the day a little bit more than obviously just losing the game but no um, no no i didn't the whole day was just shit um and sorry i know i'm being really negative but i didn't go there for a day out i didn't know i know, to, I, know. I didn't go there to see people yeah of course it was nice to see you it was great to meet up with terry and stuff like that but i didn't go for that you know no. i'll get i'll get that on a normal match day i don't pay 45 pound a ticket and drive like a 200 mile round trip mm. for that as nice as it was um and, and there wasn't the pre if, if it had been the pre-match atmosphere and i'm not just talking about i mean i think you were in a, a, a drinking area with terry which is decent uh, we was we were on this we were sort of on the uh on the street that ran up to our hotel so there was there was quite a lot of people there but we weren't drinking or anything like that no i just 
not for me. You know, I, I, I thought I, I'd happily have waxed lyrical about all that sort of stuff after the um, playoff semi-final mm. at, at Sinsel Bank, but not for me. Not at Wembley. Not you know. Don't want to talk about it anymore. Frankly. Okay. Right, well, let's move on to You're something. Not Wembley did. You what? Sorry. Well, I've just just annoys me. Just just thoroughly thoroughly annoys me that I wasted a bank holiday Sunday on an experience that didn't need to be as bad as it was. Um, and I'm not even talking about the defeat. I'm talking about there was the no reason. There's no reason for people to wear masks sat in a football stadium outdoors. Yeah, and I'm seeing stories today. People who've travelled down in a car, sat next to their wife without a mask on for for two hours or whatever, and then when they get in the ground, they're not allowed to sit in the same seat. There's absolutely no common sense whatsoever, yeah. um, and the disparity between it annoys me. And the more I look back on it, it annoys me even more and more. And that ruined the day for me. It ruined the day, full stop. And if we'd lost and it'd been a full crowd or if we'd lost and there'd been some degree of common sense around it i'd understand it but to have the same amount of people in wembley as sunderland were allowed in the stadium of light is ridiculous and talk to me all you want about test events and regulations and all of that but the pure and simple fact is that whoever was to blame for it and somebody was to blame for it they got it wrong they got it wrong and it's such a shame for such a wonderful, wonderful season to have ended in that manner. And I would have preferred, I did genuinely, and if, if you didn't go and you're thinking that I'm an ungrateful bastard, then I apologise. I would have preferred no fans in the stadium whatsoever to the experience that we got. Mm. I, You know what? I'm struggling to disagree, if I'm, if I'm brutally honest with you, because for yeah. me, the stuff around the 90 minutes, I enjoyed a lot more than the 90 minutes and I know you've, you've got the different opinion of that but yeah you what, know. About, what about Morecambe the next day there was Morecambe fans not one of them had a mask on celebrating and yeah. everyone's going oh isn't it great for Morecambe yeah I'm sure it is great for Morecambe but why were they allowed to do that why were Blackpool allowed to congregate as they did and I still had to sit one seat apart from my dad and you I, know what I, at one point I you know we were masked up for the game it was stiflingly hot and i went down you know we had a, a bottle of water so I, I went down to get the bottle of water and i pulled my mask down and like a steward basically must have been watching was he must have been watching me like a hawk because he basically straight away just went oi mask up i'm like i'm getting a drink of water like how am i supposed to drink it through a mask you know i'm not going to waterboard myself was he bigger um, than you because i didn't see uh, he threatened to punch him on social media. <laughs> Such a twat. <laughs> you should have taken one of your superhero costumes. And put I don't like, have any superhero. I bet costumes. you do. I bet I you don't. do. I bet you've got a Flash onesie. I haven't. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a Batman onesie. There you it, go. You see. But I grew but out. It wore of it. out. No, it didn't. It wore out because you wore it too much. No, I grew <laughs> out of it. The clothes got... all of the time in case there was a five foot two paraplegic blind man <laughs> that you needed to kick his ass. <laughs> and you would have ripped your shirt off, and he wouldn't have seen it anyway. And you would have just gone, "I'm Batman Ben." <laughs> You know what? Oh, I, hope, I hope for once. I hope for once my wife comes to my aid on social media instead of ripping the piss out of me more than you. She won't. Nah, she won't. She's a good. Um, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a I, I had a Batman onesie, but I uh, I've, I've thrown it away because um, I got Sorry, too yeah. big for it in a in the gut region, which I um, realised by the way at uh, at Blackpool when I at, at Blackpool at, at Wembley when I uh, stood in the lift to our hotel going up to our floor and of course I sighted myself in the mirror in a profile and Jesus Christ if you'd ever seen a capital D it was that yeah I, I hate it I hate doing that I hate photos I'm always conscious of it it's why I was breathing in on the photo of you and me and then breathed out when it was you <laughs> I genuinely love that photo of me and you by the way though it's bloody brilliant yeah my missus loves it as well is it as it replaced it Great Has it replaced photo. any photos above the mantelpiece? No, it hasn't replaced Paul Farman. That won't happen. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely really like it. It's great. And, you know, I said it was it was great to see Bubs. We offered, um, before he, I think he parked up somewhere close, before he did that, we had actually offered to, to stash his uh, camera gear in the hotel, 
while uh, the game was going on. So he um, he had options and thankfully, you know, managed to, to get some stuff sorted. But anyway, that's probably enough about the um, the disappointment of Sunday. Um, let's talk about something fun because uh, the club revealed and subsequently put up for pre-order the new uh, 2021-22 home shirt. And boy, oh boy, is that a home shirt to enjoy. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to say that because I was on the committee that designed it. Oh, so. shit. It's shit. <laughs> the, basically, the, the process is, uh, so for people who don't kind of un- not understand or not aware, that the supporters board usually are presented with a couple of kits that have already been through the design process with Araya. Um, this this is you know only going back a couple of years. It's not, The club haven't done this forever, but the last couple of years we've been presented with a kit. Um, and then we've got to say, do we like it or do we not like it? If we, you know, we vote usually on one of two, certainly done that the last two years. I don't remember doing it with the quick save bag um kit personally so and and then it goes through to the board and the board can either yes or no it i mean last season that the kind of the pinstripe uh the supports board was dead split it was an equal split so that went through to to the board this year what the club wanted to do was have more have people have more involvement so they put a committee together which involved a couple of members of the supporters board and um, the kitsman from twitter was involved the marketing team obviously uh commercial from the club as well so there was a really good spread of different people with different ideas and and from the off you know they wanted to know what they what the fans what we felt would be popular and I said retro proper retro though not you know quick save bag retro not the pinstripe red and white stripe as close to the adidas as possible was you know I was I felt quite passionately about it and one or two believe me and you know Ray really did come up trumps um do you know what I think makes it better is the fact it's going out without a sponsor on it yeah it's it's an interesting one and I'll, I'll be brutally honest with you the first thing that um I think we spoke about it briefly last week with Jake the first thing that I made me go hmm okay um about it was before it was fully unveiled they said that you know there's going to be the five sponsors throughout the season or, uh, you know, five partners throughout the season. I just thought, I, hmm, there was something that, that made me unsure about that. But I'm, I'm coming around to the idea. And like you say, the fact that it's being sold initially without a sponsor on it is, uh, it's definitely a, a proper throwback. And to me, like a Lincoln City shirt is bold, solid red and white stripes. And, you know, not too much fancy stuff going on around it. And I'm, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to get mine. Yeah, I'm not ordering one because I've got a birthday in November um, and I, I think I can survive until then. I'm hoping that my father um, takes the hint that I, I'm laying not too subtly. Uh, mainly, I, you know, I like it. I really like it. I think it's going to be uh, a trouble for commentators potentially because it's red and white on the back and the number will be black and it might be a little difficult to see. But I think it's got a real classic feel. It'll be interesting to see who the partners are. Mm. I I don't know. We haven't really discussed this with the club. It hasn't come up at the supporters board meeting, so I'm not breaching any confidentiality. But I would imagine that that is more out of necessity than design. I would imagine that many companies don't know what their spend is going to be at the moment. Um, I I would imagine as well that it will be easier to sell advertising space on the front of a shirt for a higher price if going into the last or going into the new year for instance we are top of the league mm. or we're in the playoffs do you know what i mean so i think the commercial viability of the front of shirt sponsorship could change dramatically over the course of the season and, and it's been done before i think Notts county did it in the national league a couple of seasons ago um so i think it just allows i think it opens up the market uh to businesses that may not have been able to afford the full season shirt sponsorship and i think if we couldn't attract a partner at the right rate this is the best way uh, to maximize the space on the front of the shirt so i would say that not having a sponsor from the off is very much a um not uh, a design decision but a business decision but i think it works well because i personally for one won't be putting a, a partner on the front of my shirt unless you know, I win the lottery and it ends up being the Stacey West or you know, 
if, if my dad suddenly surprises me and's got my name put on it for for you know fifty grand or however much it be, <laughs> um, other than that, I'll leave it as it is because I think it's a great opportunity to own a classic looking shirt without commercial um, involvement. Absolutely, I tell you what, if we can get one of our um, one of uh, NGB's videos to something like a hundred million views, I will uh, I will sponsor the front of the shirt at one point this season. Um, there you go, sorted. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's it's a really nice one. I'm, I'm I've enjoyed the the retro kits that they've put out. Um, you know, there's something there's just something nice about the the ones the, the ones without the echo stuff on. And I'm not saying that the, the ones with the echo stuff on is bad because I, I love those as well. But there's there's definitely something about having that old school style feel to a shirt, and obviously with it being um, the array shirt it's gonna it's gonna feel modern but it's gonna look quite retro and i I just yeah can't wait to get my hands on it what i will say is i think that the array of shirts the match shirts are a slightly better quality than the um elite pro sport retro shirts Mm -hmm. and that's not being too detrimental to it so I'm, i'm looking forward to having as you just said a retro style shirt but in a in a certain quality i'd agree with that um you perked me up by talking about shirts uh, yeah, <laughs> getting rid of that god awful day so and there you go back down again um no but um yeah i mean obviously you know we'll we'll um move on to, to a couple of other bits i think uh the the first one um what do you want to do first do you want to do other bits of the season or or the golden xg no, let's talk about the PFA team of the year first. Okay. <laughs> you weren't expecting that. Love were it. You? I love it. We had a conversation before we started saying, right, what do we want to talk about today? And that wasn't mentioned once. So I give him the two options and he pulls out a third. Bloody typical. Because right, we were talking earlier and I, we, we mentioned it very briefly, um, mentioned team of the year or something. And I just jotted down and thought we'd better talk about that. And I thought if we now move on, we might have moved on too far away from news and, and, and stuff. So and um, so obviously the PFA team of the year has come out. I'm assuming you have, you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously two Lincoln City players are in it. Uh, Lewis Monsmer and George Grant, which I actually find a, a, a massive surprise mm. because the PFA one, I think, is where opposition players vote, isn't it? Uh, it's the ones uh, where the yes, PFA yeah, members it's vote. Like the gallery, the peers kind of thing. I don't think Lewis Monsmer's been the best defender at Lincoln City, let alone in all of the division. And that's not criticism because he's had a really good season and he gets forward and he gets goals and all that sort of thing. So I'm 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 quite surprised that you know really am TJ Omer probably for me has been the best most consistent player across the back four all season um, and he, he's certainly a shout there but no fair play to them both and I, what what really struck me is um, so the the club's player of the year was George Grant the young player of the year was Brendan Johnson the Stacey West readers voted Conor McGrandles as player of the year and TJ Omer as um, young player of the year and. Uh, the league of the PFA team of the season has got George Grant and Lewis Monsman. All these players are spread out. You know, people are talking about Teo Eden being uh, this, and it just goes to underline how well we've done this season. Because last year it was, you know, we were going, well, Joe Morrell might win it. Kieran Boulder, I suppose, could be player of the year. Nobody, and bear in mind, we survived in League One last year. Nobody stood out this year. There's so many different players standing out. And we talk about lone players and the club, you know, things looking a little bit sparse when they go. George Grant, Conor McGrandles, Teo Eden, Lewis Monsma, they're all Lincoln City players. Um, so, you know, it, 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 is, it, it could still be a, a promising time. So, yeah, do, do you agree with their selections? Um, I, I think I do. Um, obviously, you know, I'd, I'd agree with George Grant being in there. I think he, he deserves to be in any uh, League One team of the season from from anywhere. But um, I think Lewis was a, like like you was a little bit surprised primarily because he had um, the quite. I think he probably had a longer spell where he wasn't at the top of his game than than George did, and obviously George had his his injury layoff, but. Um, you know, Lewis sort of confirmed that he he, he contracted COVID and he, he came back from that. And I don't think he was quite the same for a while. Um, but I just wonder whether the, 
the because um, I'm not 100 percent sure when it was voted on. And I wonder if the t- you know the performance against Sunderland in the first leg may have been a bit more fresh in people's minds because I thought he had a fantastic game there. It's usually voted um, before the end of the regular season, if I remember correctly. Right, I seem okay. to remember chatting to um, a couple of the Keith team players about it many moons ago. It's usually voted you know, away before the end of the season. I think what I would say with Lewis is that I think he was quite badly affected by his COVID layoff. And we spoke about that off air as well. Mm. Um, and he does strike me as somebody that kind of has come back stronger. Um, yeah. So, if you're a, if you're a, a central defender and you're juggling a ball like Burkamp at the back stick and popping them in away at Blackpool, <laughs> other professionals are going to take note of that. So yeah, no, that's that's a fair one. Um, but I, but I, I can't, you know, the only other name that I would have potentially expected to see there may have possibly been Brennan Johnson. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's had the kind of season that it has basically giving him that 10 million pound price tag now um because he's gonna he's gonna go back to forest he's gonna walk into that first team um i would be very very surprised if we you know if we don't see him either playing at forest next season or he is sold for a stupendous sum of money but um i can't see him you know going out on loan again um you know i think he's he's made his case now he's proved his point um and yeah, I'd, I would be I'd be shocked if that's not the case. I'm I'm surprised that Brennan's not in there. But again, I think when you say it's it's one of the ones that's voted for by opposition players, I wonder if that's something where maybe you know people might have a bit of a grudge against him or whatever. But that's just me speculating. I think um, just to pick up on your point there about Brennan. Uh, I don't think he moves for a big sum. Uh, I think that that is media speculation. I don't think any club in their right mind pays £10 million for a player who's had one good season in League One. Um, He goes back to Forest for me. That's where he now needs to focus. I think he'll be given a chance there. And, you know, he was very good for us. Um, he, He occasionally lacked a little bit of consistency. But he was a very, very good player for us. And and he had a very good goals and assists ratio. And for me, he was probably our man of the match at Wembley. And there I go again, going back to that awful day. You know, I think if we were going to do something, it looked like it might come from him. So um, I think he's got a big future. I think he, he has a season at Forest. Let me tell you, if he does what for Forest, what he's just done for us in terms mm. of goals and assists, then you can start talking about £10 million. Mm. Um, but a big, big blow for him missing out on Euro 2020. Seems very harsh. Yeah, so, I was. Um, I, I I did feel quite gutted for him when I saw that. To be honest with you, because it's um, you know somebody that's that's been picked for the squad before and seemingly slotted in quite well to the the setup there. It was uh, it was a bit of a surprise to to see him not pick, but um, it makes me feel quite angry as well because we lost him for key times of the season. I don't think we had any mm. games cancelled for international call ups, did we? No, um, yeah, that's a and, fair point. And you know, for him then to not go, and for Wales to call up an uncapped player as well, mm. just all seems a little bit. You know, he could have bloody left us, but for for Brennan, you know, he, he would obviously have much rather have given himself the Euro 2020 chance. And I've got absolutely no complaints with anything that that boy did for this football club. No, hundred um, percent. Just going back to something very quickly. I personally, my man of the match for for Sunday would probably potentially be Regan Paul. I thought he had a, I thought he had a good game, and it, it would have only been capped off if he'd have, uh, uh, if if he'd have scored from um, his uh, volley where he was essentially laid on the, or from his shot, sorry, where he was essentially laid on the floor towards the end. But yeah, Regan Regan Paul, I think, is the current scapegoat because his Stacey West rating scores and, and you get quite a lot of people, you know, it's a good three, 300, 400 people go and do those ratings. His scores are always considerably lower than a lot of people. Uh, I even think if I was to quickly bring up the spreadsheet, I think he's in the bottom six or seven all season um, for, for ratings really surprises me because I actually think he's had a, a, a solid time um, mm. since he's, since he's signed uh, but if I go to the total, and I, I promised myself I wasn't going to say the, the best to worst, but he is in the bottom one, two, three, four, five. He's in the bottom six, and bear in mind that also includes Ethan Ross and Max Sanders, who barely played at all. 
Um, but funnily enough, him and Bramall are both in the bottom six. And I think that goes a long way to... I just think people look at those players and think, well, we brought them in and then we tailed off. Um, I mean, it's it, it's it's the argument that we've said time and time again. It's the Tom Petter, uh, Tom Petter argument, isn't it? Yeah. He comes in in January, doesn't necessarily set the world on fire, but is solid. Then next season, you know, who knows? He'll have a stormer. But I think he will. Yeah, I think it would be massive for us, really. Do. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought he was... I thought he was good on Saturday, uh, Sunday. Sorry, um, I don't think too much got past him, um, and uh, yeah, he kept his positioning quite well and was unlucky, I think, not to not to bag his goal. Because I don't know if you know this, Gary, but according to the Sky commentators, Regan Poole has never scored for Lincoln. I know, I know, never. I know. Yeah, I know. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, but while we're on the subject of ratings, we might as well move on to uh, something that actually has a trophy from the Stacey West blog. Um, do you want to go off on one about XG while I have a nap? I never go off on one about XG, and you're basically using the same gag I used earlier about the scarf story um, back at me, and it, it just doesn't work when you're using it. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I take it back. I wish I hadn't seen you on Sunday. You're a dick. <laughs> That's more like it. I feel more at home now. Uh, so the XG award, as we know, was a, a, a kind of a, a thing that we just came up with on the cuff here. It's the Jack Hall XG award. Um, I love XG. Uh, there was a great thread, by the way, today about the Brent uh, on Twitter about the Brentford owner and how he used they have used XG as their model of success rather than oh, actual that, goals scored and rather than actual results. Was that did the you, Brentford owner? Was that the seven hundred thousand yeah. pound loan job? Oh, I did. I, the I saw the. I saw the thread, but I didn't. I didn't follow it up, so I was a bit busy. Basically, Brentford have always said that XG uh, in terms of development is more important than winning and losing matches because if you're consistently creating quality chances, eventually you will come become better. And the story went down in in that essentially that's the model that they have then used. And because they've been using that model, they've used it to then identify players who they can sign. So they've picked players who have got high XG, but not necessarily the goals return. Um, and and kind of they've been able to pick them up cheaper, like Ben Rama, uh, like I mean, not Ollie Watkins specifically. But, you know, they're looking for players that are around an XG based model. And I know that people people just don't fully appreciate it. And you know, arguably, if we'd got more XG than Blackpool at the weekend, which we didn't, and got beat, you could say, well, well whatever, because Blackpool has scored goals. But I still maintain that if you have good XG over a season and you don't do well and you maintain that, it will eventually come good because you are creating quality of chances. So the XG award, though, is is kind of different. It's We're looking at for the player who has outperformed their XG. So actually, who has scored more goals than the quality of chances suggests that they should. So, for instance, let's take uh, Conor McGrandles. Over the course of the season, he has scored four goals, but his XG was 4.61. Uh, and the, these these numbers actually are uh, just before from before the playoff final, so that might have changed a little. So his, his score would have been minus 0.61 because he scored slightly. He couldn't have scored 0.61 of a goal. I get that. But if he had scored five goals and his XG was 4.61, he would have scored more than the quality of chances suggest. Are you with me so far? Yes. You're doing that gag again. It's good. I'm not doing that gag. Yes. It it worked a little bit that time. It worked nearly. Um, (laughs) Now there were actually only uh, seven players who outperformed their XG. Okay. Uh, Zach Elbazetti, because obviously he didn't play enough to create enough a lot of chances, but he scored two goals. His XG said he should have scored 1.76. Robbie Gotts, who scored one goal, but his XG was actually only 0.73. Uh, and going into the playoff semi-finals prior to those, Tom Hopper actually was out outperforming his XG as well, which was really interesting. Um, so Harry Anderson was the last one outside the top three. Uh, again, just just slightly. There was only three players who outperformed their XG by more than a goal. Teo Eden, um, 1.27 was the difference. Lewis Monsma, who I expected to win it on 3.56, but Anthony Scully, 
really surprised me actually that his xg was 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 more than four goals less than the actual number of goals that he scored which means that he scored four goals that by rights according to the data he shouldn't have scored uh, and so on the back of all of that for those that are still with us Anthony Scully is the winner of the inaugural um, Jack Mulhall XG Award. There we go. I'm uh, I'm going to find a very specific clip that I've just been thinking of in my head when uh, you said, are you still with me? And I said, yes, it, it, I will send you it personally. And for anybody else, it's the, uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer is attached to the lie detector machine. Um, I'll, post it and all that but yes congratulations sounds like it's going to be hilarious it's actually quite funny so screw you um but no no, congrats to to anthony scully um i'm sure getting presented with a little uh plastic trophy that i've painted some gold stuff on it um is going to be somewhat bizarre to him but uh hopefully you know we can point him in the direction of the of the the blog post and uh and figure out what's going on with it well he did he did like your you i tweeted that he had won an award and then you tweeted about the xg award and he actually liked it and said thanks guys um, yes he did so, yeah. That, yeah i mean it's not us that have voted it either is it it's, uh, no. it's, it's him it's, doing it it's a statistical fact yeah. although it's not technically because actually i didn't include the playoff games nor did i include the fa cup games because why scout doesn't have them so uh, I just I just did the maths and figured out that nobody could actually have caught him. Um, Am I going to need to 3D print an asterisk to put on this trophy? <laughs> no. Well, we always said that the XG is so ambiguous, then the FA Cup <laughs> game wasn't going to count. Because I actually think, did he not score two in that FA Cup game? So actually, I think his XG to ratio would have been higher. Uh, so it, it would have been even better. So there he was the winner. He, he's the XG winner. Stats don't really, you know, the exact stat doesn't matter. But ideally, in almost facts <laughs> you could become a politician with that yeah, slogan i do I, do, I deal in almost facts it's like a deal in almost accuracy with my uh, articles yeah, i guarantee there will be one mistake in every article i write because that's how i roll <laughs> so right. anthony scully there we go well done congratulations absolutely yeah. um i'm sure there was one more thing that we needed to talk about well we were going to do um our own awards, weren't we? Our best performance, our best loan, and our biggest surprise of the season. Yes. Remember? Yeah. So um, I can't help. I can't help but feel that we're just spectacularly dropping off a cliff with the last podcast. <laughs> yeah. We've just kind of come into it and gone. Ah, oh, this is just painful. We've got to talk about something, haven't we? And I haven't even mentioned my face mask story actually, where um, I had to relay my face mask beard PE teacher swimming story to my dad in the car. Uh, uh, because I left my net gate a face mask in the car and Matt lent me one of his spare ones and so then I had to you know, go through the story And how did Pete take it? Uh, I'll be honest I, I don't think he really cared he'd have four pounds <laughs> I'll tell you what he did do though this is classic dad right before we go into the other bit on the way home it was absolute bedlam so we can't, the North Circular's closed, there's traffic everywhere. We went all the way through the Raphael estate, which incidentally I will never buy a house on, even if they're worth more than mine, uh, because you know, there was sofas in gardens and things like that. It's just not for me, that. So so we drive all the way around this thing. And we come up around over this bridge and the sat-nav hasn't updated. OK, so it's, we don't, fee never, we don't update the sat-nav. And anyway, it doesn't have live traffic updates. So it's just basically every time we take a turn and go in, do a U-turn, go back on the NDA 406 or whatever the North Circular is, basically calling me a knobhead thinking that I'm taking this other direction for fun. So Matt says he'll do, he'll get Google up on his phone in the back. So he's in the back with Google and a male voice and live traffic updates. My sat-nav's in the front. I don't know how to mute it. So she's telling me to go back on the North Circular, but I don't want to turn it off because I want to see what the road's doing. Do you know what I mean? What's coming up? And I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. And we come around this corner and Matt says, we want to be left up here. And the left-hand lane is clear and the right-hand lane is chocker traffic. And I said, what, the left-hand lane? He goes, I think so. It looks like I want to be left up here. And Dad says, well, all the cars are in the right-hand lane. It's like, well, says we want to be left, want to be left. So we chucked a left bombed up the inside of this traffic to where we had to turn left and it was a turning back into a Wembley car park. <laughs> now, bear in mind, we've already been on the road three quarters of an hour at this point. 
But the thing is, you turn into the Wembley car park and it was solid traffic all the way back. So we're driving literally past 50, 60, 70 cars. So we did a U-turn. We managed to get back in the traffic. Dad goes, I said we shouldn't have turned left up there. <laughs> and it's like, no, you didn't. You said all the traffic was in the right lane. It's the same bloody thing. We shouldn't have turned left up there. Do you know what? 20 minutes later, we got to the end of the road. I said, right, we'll go left here. Well, we would have been here 20 minutes ago if you hadn't turned left, wouldn't you? <laughs> Matt piped up in the back. Pete, give it a rest. No word of a lie. I dropped my dad off at 10 to 10 in rugby. That's how long it took us to drive back from London. I said, there you go, dad, back by 10 o'clock. He got out of the car and his final words to me were, would have been back by half nine if you hadn't taken that left. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. But he wouldn't take the phone off Matt and do any navigating. Nothing like that. All he wanted to do was basically sit and judge, <laughs> which is what I do every week on this podcast to footballers. So I know how they feel now. <laughs> just think. But but just think, you and your dad are now in a GIF, Gaz. Are we? You're oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite funny, that. Yeah. I just because I, I think I saw it on... Um, it was being sports Australia, I think it was, because their highlights are usually a bit longer. Um, and I saw it, and I, just, I, I, my eye was drawn to the the blue shirt as it would be, because everything yeah. else is red and white or black. And I just thought, bloody hell, that's Pete. And I just saw you like essentially rockying an invisible man in front of you, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that is Gaz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It was a good moment. I take yeah. it back about the whole day of being shit. That was a good moment. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember, yeah, celebrating that and getting all worked up and then sitting down thinking, Jesus, we're, and I looked up at the clock when 89 minutes, in, yeah. <laughs> 89 minutes from the championship. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was, yeah. that was a weird thing. It honestly, at points, it didn't feel like we were one nil up, but we're going back to the game anyway. Yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, let's move into uh, our bits. Do you want to do that now? Or do you want to, save that for some closed season stuff because we're well, 55 minutes in well let, let's do it quick because if we're going to take a break by the time we come back there might be transfer news to talk about we might even you know retained lists all that sort of stuff sure um, okay. in fact the re- retained list might even be out by the time people are listening to this and we might not even get a chance to talk about it unless we record a bonus pod um so anyway very true oh actually you want to should we do that Shall we say when the retains list comes out, we'll do a bonus pod and we'll 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 plan a little bit more of a season. We'll plan a couple of other things to talk about rather than tacking them onto the end, <laughs> planning it for thirty seconds before we come on air. Yeah, no worries. Let's let's do that because um, then yeah, it gives us more engagement as well. But uh... so we can talk about the retained list on the next pod. We can talk about potential Jordan Gray of incoming, which Football League World have reported on. And we'll be taking you through our favourite loan players, performances, individual performances, and a host of other exciting things that we'll come up with in between now and then. Absolutely. I think uh, we've already... There's a pigeon shitting on my new paintwork. Oh, no. (laughs) I painted the shed and it's literally just sat there wantonly defecating over where it's flown off. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, I don't think you'll get another podcast talking about, what was it, five foot two quadriplegics and wanton defecation. Do you know how many coats I've given that shed? I gave it four clear coats last year, two of a wood preserver and two of a normal thing. It still started to get mold, like a mold on the outside of it. So I've given it three coats of a black treatment now, and a pigeon has now come along on what is seven coats of treatment, and gone, guess what, knobhead? <laughs> and because I'm sat here, I can't even reach the air rifle. Not that I'd shoot a pigeon. I've been keeping that for rats. But I'll tell you something, I could make an exception. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but uh, going back to, to podcasts that are incoming, um, we have got a couple of people that are going to be coming on and having a chat um but outside of that i think plans at the minute um aside from the bonus one which we'll do when lists come out and stuff like that um we're we're thinking potentially dropping back to once a fortnight is all right yeah i think so yeah 
Um, and then even then, that you know, they may be a bit shorter, um, depending on what's going on. Um, obvious reasons, really. It's the closed season. It's probably not going to be all that jam-packed full of information. So unless you want to hear about me playing video games ahead of release or Gaz talking about shitting pigeons, then um, it's not really going to be too much to, to enjoy, is it? No. I have managed to get England out of their group on Euro 2020 on Pro Evo, um, but it's the third time of asking. The first <laughs> time I lost 3-2 to Scotland and then uh, lost the last kick of the game to Czech Republic and went out, which is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, But now I've got Portugal in the next round. I've been putting it off. <laughs> because <laughs> i've had another, another losing this week <laughs> i just don't want to do it anymore um yeah no, i, I think it. with the podcast i think um sorry i cut you off there but um obviously we've got a guest or two lined up and it might even be that we do a guest podcast and then maybe have 10 minutes talking about any incomings or outgoings that we yeah. tag on to the end and um, but we will commit to do one every two weeks uh probably through until the pre-season friendly start and then we can so I mean, it's probably only going to be like <laughs> it's probably only going to be like three podcasts over the next six weeks, and then we'll be back to normal, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I think the thing is, we've with with a couple of the guests as well. Like, um, it you know, it's likely going to be people in the club or associated with the club, and obviously, it's been what can only be described as a frantic year and a frantic end to the season, um, but. I think it's probably right that we give them maybe a few weeks to just relax and decompress a little bit. Yeah. Um, but by the way, yeah. Well, are they compressed? You know, stressed out. Everything's uh, just give them time to just relax. But before we do disappear, um, I want to say just, you know, a big, big thank you to the people at the club, including like the ticket office, because the people in the ticket office got so much shit before the Wembley game and it was completely undeserved. I know we mentioned it last week, I think me and Jay did, but like, yeah, when things are completely out of the club's hands and all people want to do is just sit there and bitch and moan at people, it, it was completely undeserved, but you know, fair play to them in there because they did a great job, and you know, obviously in the circumstances which uh, which weren't ideal. So that's my last bit for the week. Is there anything else, Gaz? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'll just echo that. Um, you know, great. It, it was good work. I didn't have to deal with anybody because obviously I was away, so um, I, I didn't see any of the crap that people got as well. But all all of the uh, team in the ticket office did a a grand job, certainly ahead of the playoff semi final. And I just want to say, with it being the end of the season, thank you to everybody who um, listens to the Stacey West podcast, who uh, is a patron of the Stacey West site, which allows me to do what I've done the last two days and spend more hours than I should on articles that, you know, are really just my me being self-indulgent. Um, yeah, but thank you to everyone that supports everything that we do, because without listeners, we'd basically just be too slightly chubby blokes talking about football and having a little bit of what the youth call banter, uh, <laughs> which I don't really like that word. I just call it, you know picking on each other um so yeah, <laughs> thank you very much and thank you to ben yeah no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. reciprocated bullying i think is <laughs> what we call it because i think that's the best way and and thank you and this is it's going to pain me uh but thank you to you as well ben because obviously you do all of the technical work and you put up with me being undoubtedly cruel to you at times uh and knowing that i don't really mean it but without me being undoubtedly cruel to you the podcast would lack a certain um spice at least for me <laughs> but, is you that know. is that your excuse for it it's like well people like it so i'm gonna continue to well, be yeah, a people, the thing is people do like it and, and when we did the, uh, we, we did something the other day and we we were it might have been when we were at wembley and somebody said oh, anyone think you like each other so yeah we do. I wouldn't invite somebody into my life once a week, uh, as I do with Ben, if I didn't like them. If I don't like people, I don't talk to them. <laughs> but I block them or I and yeah. mute them, and specifically mute them uh, on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. But uh, no, same to you, mate. It's, um, it is, it's been the weirdest of seasons. Um, but I think it's, it kind of hit home on, on Saturday, on Sunday. So I keep saying Saturday. On Sunday, I think this is probably why... I 
I, I shone, you know, took a bit of a more of a shine to the weekend because a lot of people were saying that, you know, they, they came up and they said, oh, I listened to the podcast or whatever. And it was just, it was one of those moments where when people say it on social media, it's, oh, you know, it, we listen to it and it keeps, it keeps things abreast, it keeps us abreast of the club, um, the news from the club. And it's just nice to have, a, you know, like you say, that bit of banter. Um, but it was, it, it was a little bit humbling, if I'm honest with you, um, on, on Sunday. So it was quite nice. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can, do the same going forward next season uh, with a an even better squad and hopefully with some uh, good news in terms of the investment over the summer as well and uh, push on and actually get to the championship for the 22-23 season. What do we say? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you shortly for the bonus pod um, and then we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right, guys. Up the imps. Up the imps. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.